Hello, everybody. We're about to start the Yom Tov of Sukkot. And there's a very interesting commentary of the Vilna Gain on the tefillah that we say in Yom Tov, Atavichartanu. And he says, Atavichartanu, you chose us. That is referring to the holiday of Pesach, which is a day, the, the day the Yom Tov, when we were chosen as a nation, we're taken out of Egypt and made HaKadosh Baruch Hu's nation. Ahafta Isanu, you loved us. That says the Vilna Gain is referring to the Yom Tov of Shavuos, when we were, so as we go wed to HaKadosh Baruch Hu by Har Sinai, HaKadosh Baruch Hu showed His love for us. Viratzisabanu, and you desired us, that says the guy is referring to the holiday of Sukkot. Now the question is why? Where do you see the Ratzisa, the special desire, in the holiday of Sukkot? So in the Sefer's Mansim Chaseinu from David Kayin Shlita, he explains based on a different Vilna Gain's comment. We all know the famous question the tour asks, which is why is the holiday of Sukkot celebrated now in middle of the fall when Sukkot is to commemorate Anani HaKavid, the clouds of glory the Jewish people had, when they got out of Egypt. So Sukkot should literally be the week after Pesach. So the tour famously answers because we want to show, we want it to be nicker, we want it to be evident. The reason we're sitting in the Sukkot is not because it's comfortable, which is, because you know, sukkah is a nice thing to sit in when it's sunny outside, you sit in a hut. So therefore, if you'd have sukkahs around Pesach time, no one will notice that you're doing something different, you're doing something unique. So specifically now, when it's a little colder in the fall, sitting in the sukkah is not a common practice. And therefore, it's a way of showing clearly that you're sitting in the sukkah for the sake of the mitzvah. The Vilnagayin in Shira Shirim gives a whole different explanation. And he says that there was really two sets of Anani Akave, two sets of clouds of glory. There was the first set of clouds of glory which we got when the Jews left Egypt, at least by after Mitzrayim. And that one we had until we sinned by Chet Egel, by the sin of the golden calf. However, once we sinned by the Chet Egel, says the Vilnagain, those clouds of glory left us. They left us, and therefore, we lost them. Once the Jewish people repented, and they did shuva, and they were finally forgiven on Yom Kippur, then the clouds of glory came back, and there was a separate set of clouds of glory. And therefore, says the Vilna Gaon, this holiday of Sukkot is to celebrate the return of the clouds of glory, the second set of Anani HaKavit. And that's why we have this Yom Tiv of Sukkot right after Yom Kippur, because that's when we got the Anani HaKavit back. Famous Vilna Gaon, much has been said about this Vilna Gaon, but says this Mansa Kusena from Rav now we understand what the Vilna Gain means when he says, Viratzisabanu. That phrase in the tefillah is referring to Sukkot because, you see, what does it mean that Kaj Baruch Hu is willing to work with us and wait for us to do tshuva and to come back to us and give us Anani covet again? What that means is, you see, sometimes you have something that you like it a little bit, you know, you'll use it. If it gets dirty, okay, you just let it go, you throw it out. If you have a suit, your wedding suit, which you really love. No matter how many stains it gets, no matter how dirty it gets, you'll put in all the effort to make it look nice and to keep it because you really, really want it. You want to make it work. Akash Baruch's willingness to stick it out with us, to let us do tshuva and to come back to us and give us Aniyah covet again, that shows not just that He loved us, that shows not just that He chose us, that shows us that He wants us to be His nation. And he's willing to put in all the effort, so to speak. He's willing to wait it out for us to figure it out because we're at Sisabandu. You really want us. 
And that is a specialty of the Chag of Sukkot. It's, it shows the deepness and the intensity of the Ratzayin of HaKadosh Baruch Hu for us to be his Am Hanivchar, his chosen people. The Gemara Navai Zara tells us that when Mashiach comes, non-Jews are going to come to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and complain and say, it's not fair, we also want to get this wonderful schar the Jews are getting. And Hashem says, fine, I'll give you one mitzvah. Hashem gives them an easy mitzvah, the mitzvah of sukkah. And they go and they build their sukkahs and they're sitting in the sukkah. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu makes the sun come out and it's boiling hot. And they all get frustrated, it's too hot, they can't sit in the sukkah. And they walk out and the Gemara says they kick the sukkah, they're bayit in the sukkah on the way out. And Hashem says, you see, you couldn't even keep one mitzvah. And all the commentaries ask, you know, first of all, why have all mitzvahs? Why sukkah specifically? And number two is, what do you mean, what's this complaint that they left the sukkah when the sun was out? Even Jews are exempt from the mitzvah of sukkah when it gets too hot. That's the halacha, that if it's mitzvah, a person's uncomfortable and it's difficult to sit in the sukkah, a person should leave the sukkah. So what exactly is going on in this Gemara? And the Sifzik Chaim, Chaim Friedlander, explains as follows. He says that Kaj Baruch specifically chose the mitzvah of sukkah because it's a little counterintuitive to the non-Jewish mind about what it means to serve Hashem. You see, the Gemara tells us, says Chaim Friedlander, that a non-Jew can only bring a carbon oila. He can only bring a carbon when the entire sacrifice goes to Hashem. A carbon shlamim, where only a small piece goes to the kahanim, but the majority is eaten by the owner, a non-Jew can't bring it. Why not? He says because for a non-Jew, the idea of his relationship with a God is that, look, I want to live my life, but gods are more powerful than I am. They control things, they control the weather, they control fate, and therefore I have to deal with them. I have to pay them off, so I'll give them a sacrifice. I'll try to show them you know, a little bit of respect. This way they'll give me what I want, and then therefore I can go on in my way, and the God will go on in his way, and everyone will be happy. They have no understanding of the ability of having a relationship with Kaj Baruch Hu. They can't understand that Kaj Baruch Hu, who's more powerful than them, would want what's for their good. And therefore, they can't understand, how can I have a carbon, which I'm bringing to Hashem, but then I'm going to eat it? It doesn't make any sense. What's in it for God then? How does that work? And therefore, says the Sifzei Chaim, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is testing them. Can you get out of your box? You see, the mitzvah of sukkah doesn't require any sacrifice. It's a cheap mitzvah, the Gemara says. It doesn't cost a lot of money. Now, obviously, nowadays, we figure it out how to make sukkah cost money, but ideally, in the actual construction of a sukkah, you take some old boards, you put some branches on it, you're good to go. And in fact, there's no... All you have to do in the sukkah is just sit in the sukkah, eat in the sukkah, sleep in the sukkah, live a great life in the sukkah. Just live with Hashem in the sukkah. There's no, you're not giving anything to God by sitting in the sukkah. There's no sacrifice of something. I'm not paying off Hashem in any way. So the non-Jewish mind can understand, well, what's the mitzvah in it? We're, well, how am I giving Hashem something by sitting in the sukkah? And therefore, okay, look, Hashem says, just try it. So fine, they go and they try it, but they don't really get it. What's the mitzvah in it? And then the sun comes out. And now, they're not even going to get any reward for sitting in the sukkah because they had to leave. So then they get really frustrated because what's the point of a mitzvah if I can't get schar from it? If I'm not going to gain anything from doing this mitzvah, what's the point in it? So then they kick the sukkah because they're so frustrated. 
because they have no idea, they can't comprehend that there could be a Hashem who wants to be native, who wants to be good and to give over. They can't get that because they themselves have no idea how to give over and be good to other people. And then that there could be a mitzvah of spending time with the Kaddish Baruch Hu, connecting with the Kaddish Baruch Hu, because that's the ultimate goal, is to develop a connection with the Kaddish Baruch Hu, because that's what Olam Haba is really about, becoming one with the Kaddish Baruch Hu, and being Davok in Him, they can't get any of this. And therefore Hashem says, look, I tried. I gave you a mitzvah of sukkah, and then, first of all, you didn't get the whole mitzvah, and then when it didn't work for you, you kicked it. So therefore, says this guy, and that's what the Gemara is coming to bring out. The mitzvah of sukkah is a unique mitzvah. We're not sacrificing anything. What we're doing is we're just sitting in Hashem's sukkah and we're sitting with Him and we're spending the holiday just spending time in the Kaddish Baruch Hu, and sitting in the tail of the Hemanusa and the Kaddish Baruch Hu, so to speak, you know, embrace. And that's what we're going to be doing for the next seven, eight days is just spending time in the Kaddish Baruch Hu, eating with Him, sleeping in His sukkah and connecting to the Kaddish Baruch Hu. There's a famous Machlechus in the Gemara as to what these sukkahs that we're coming to commemorate are. One opinion is we're coming to celebrate the Anani Akabah, the special clouds of glory Akash Baruch Hu gave to us when we were leaving Egypt. The other opinion, Rabbi Kiva's opinion, is sukkahs mamash. The Jewish people, after they left Mitzrayim, they first built regular huts, literally just make you know makeshift lean-tos, and they lived in that. And those are two opinions in what the sukkahs that we're coming to commemorate are. And the question is, you know, everyone agrees that the Kalaisal had an covenant. Everyone agrees that we had clouds of glory. So why in the world did Rabbi Akiva say that we're being commanded to commemorate the huts, the makeshift huts that we sat in? Seemingly, it pales in comparison to the Ananiya covenant, these magical clouds of glory that did all these miraculous things. Why did Rabbi Akiva say we're coming to commemorate Sukkot Mamish? And even more than that, what is there to commemorate about the fact that we sat in huts? We don't wear sandals to commemorate the fact that they wore sandals throughout the 40 years of Midbar. So what exactly does Rekiva mean? So there's two explanations that I saw. One I saw from the Papa Rebbe, which is a very interesting shot. He says that the idea of Sukkot Mamish, I think other people say this as well, that Sukkot Mamish is coming to commemorate the idea that the Ramban tells us in the Parshas Bai, is that through the Nisim Gluyim, through the miraculous things that we see that Gosh Baruch Hu does for us, Throughout history, we begin to understand that really everything that we experience, the teva, the nature, the regular day by day, is also really miracles, just like Baruch Hu is hiding himself behind the mask of nature. And therefore, after we saw the Ananiya covenant, after we saw all the miracles of Yitzhak Mitzrayim and the whole miracles of the existence of the Jews for 40 years in the desert with literally nothing, there was water, there was no water, there's no food, and the one thing they were able to do is build their own shelters. We commemorate the one thing we did do physically, which seemed natural, the sukkahs, to recognize that no, nothing was natural. Everything was a miracle from Hashem, even the things that seemed like nature, like teva, and that is specifically why we commemorate the sukkahs mamish, the physical, regular, natural sukkahs, to commemorate that we recognize that Akash Baruch you're the one providing us with everything we have, even the things that seem to be natural. There's another shot. The Aruch HaShulchan brings her made a beautiful chat. He says there's two real approaches to recognizing what happened when we left Egypt. On one hand, we can commemorate the, 
the, the extreme love Akash Baruch Hu showed us, the kindness Akash Baruch Hu did, all the miracles he did for us, and that is the idea of Anani HaKav. Akash Baruch Hu went and literally changed nature and made for us clouds of glory. And that is a sign of how much Akash Baruch Hu loved us and how much Akash Baruch Hu did for us when we left Egypt. But there's another angle. What Klal Yisrael showed when they left Egypt. says, I'll forever remember the sacrifice you made, Klal so the trust you had in me. You left Egypt, you had no idea where you were heading, you had no idea how you were going to make it, but you trusted Akash Baruch Hu, you had betachen, and you went out into the Midbar without knowing what to do. And you literally just built together a bunch of little huts, and you sat there in the blazing sun, and you had no idea what it was going to be. The Sukkot Mamish, says Aruch HaShulchan and Rebbe Nebuchadnezzar, is coming to commemorate Klal Yisrael's mysterious Nefesh, our sacrifice and our willingness to go and risk everything for Akash Baruch because we don't know what it was going to be, but we trusted him. And therefore, says the Aruch HaShulchan, there's really two parts to the Yom Tov of Sukkot. We're commemorating Akash Baruch Hu's love for us, and we're commemorating our love for him. And that's another thing to keep in mind as we're sitting in the Sukkah, is that this is a commemoration of what our forefathers did and how much they betachen they had in Akash Baruch Hu, and we should have the same. I want to end up with one last idea. We know that on a sukkah, there's two mitzvahs. Number one, there's a mitzvah of sitting in the sukkah and eating in the sukkah, sleeping in the sukkah. And then there's another mitzvah of taking the lulav and the esrik, the dal and minim. And the question is, what's the connection between the two of them? Seemingly, they seem to be two disjointed mitzvahs. And I heard a shot once from Rabbi Arlovsky, and I found that in Yerach Lamaidim and Sifzichayim, they say similar ideas. Is there really, the two are very connected. You see, the Tikkun Zayar says, that the sukkah is a gematria of 91, which is really the same gematria as if you take the shame Adnus, the way we pronounce the name of Hashem nowadays, when we're in Galus, we say Adoi, and you say that the name Havaya, which is the, name, the way the name is actually spelled and, and, and will be enunciated in the of Mikdash, and you put the two together, Havaya is 26, and you add Adnus to it, you get 91. What's the pshat? What does that mean? What's the Zayar saying? Says the Sifzechayim because Havaya is the essence. It's the true essence of Hashem's name. It's the internal meaning of Hashem's name. And then there's Adnus, the way we express it now in Gullus, the external, the more outside, the more apparent version of Akash Baruch, that he's the other and he's just the master of the whole world. Which means that there's two parts to everything. There's the internal and the external. The Beis Yosef writes that the four species, Dalar Minim, each one represents one of the letters of the Shem Hashem, of Yudke Vavke. And that's why it's very important, says the Beis Yosef, to when you're shaking a little of an esrig, to put the esrig next to the bundle, to hold them together. Each one is a separate hand. The lulav is in the right, the esrig is in the left. But when you shake them, you should put your two hands together and connect the two because all four letters of the Shem Hashem have to be together. Which means that there is a certain essence of a shame Hashem in the Lulav and Esser. There's a certain essence of a shame Hashem in the Sukkah. But one is on what's around us, the external. The Sukkah protects us from around us, where we're sitting in. It's our Chitzainis. It protects us. Baruch Hu is there with us in our external activities, and He protects us from the outside world, and He surrounds us. 
But then the Dal and Minim represent the Kashbarku in a different way, in our internal side. We know that the Medrash tells us that the Dal and Minim represent different parts of the human body. The Lulav represents the spine, the Esrik represents the heart, the Hadassim and the Aravis, the lips and the eyes. And when a person takes his Dal and Minim on Sukkis, a person is also kind of recognizing and connecting to the fact that Baruch Hu very much wants him to connect to him on an internal level as well, as he who he is internally. And therefore the Avaidah of Sukkot is to connect HaKadosh Baruch Hu in every aspect, on our external life, where we're sitting in, what's our surroundings like. We're sitting with HaKadosh Baruch Hu in his Sukkot externally and he's protecting us. And then internally we're connecting to him with every part of our being, every part of our, 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 our body, and that is a Dalad Minim that we shake and we come close to Akash Baruch Hu with. We should all be exactly truly grow and connect Akash Baruch Hu to this wonderful Yantar Sukkot.